Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Maximum Octane. I am here by myself today, as you can tell if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening, you're going to hear it's just me, and that's for a couple of reasons. One, it's been a while since you and I just had a talk one-on-one, and there is some experiences I wanted to share with you and hope that you can learn something from it. And two, I'm trying a new modality for recording and wanted to see how it was and didn't want to take the chance of having a guest and it not working properly. So here we go. The word service, most of us uh, that listen, I think anyway, are in the customer service business. And if you're not in it full-time, you're in it part-time no matter what you're doing, whether you're providing service for somebody internally or you're providing service for people outside of your company or whatever it is that you do in whatever field. I think we've forgotten what that word service means and what to do about it. I know that during COVID and the shortage now of the great resignation and all of the other things, a lot of people are hiring persons that probably should not be hired. When you couple that with unemployment rate of being so low, around 4%, and it might even be dropping a little more, they say, the experts anyway, if you listen to the experts, that the 3% of the population should not be employed. And so we are getting dangerously low to that threshold, which gives us a conundrum, right? We need people. We need people to operate our businesses. We need people to take care of our external customers. We need people that will work within our internal, with our internal customers and get along. But that doesn't mean just hire anybody. And I think we've gotten so desperate lately that we're putting on people we know shouldn't be there. We know they're just a warm body whatever you want to call it. And our hopes are, I need somebody right now, and then I'll hire somebody else better later. Well, later doesn't come. And then also that what happens is we don't invest the time and resources in developing those people because in our head, they're there temporarily until something better comes up. I wanted to share a couple examples of little things that really could have went in an entirely different way in the past couple of weeks. One of them was my dentist appointment. I like to go and get my teeth cleaned every six months. I am very faithful with that and have been since I think I was old enough to go to the dentist. 
I schedule all my appointments before I leave because I want to make sure that I'm locked in. And one of the things that I always ask for is what's the first appointment? Because nothing makes me crazier than when I go for an appointment somewhere and I wind up being not getting in until a half hour later or 45 minutes later or whatever. And when I ask what happened, people say, oh, this other appointment ran behind or whatever. So I'm okay with knowing that my schedule might change a little, but let me know because there's work I could have been doing instead of waiting in a waiting room. Call me and let me know and tell me the hygienist, the dentist, the doctor, the hairdresser, whatever it is, is 20 minutes behind, 30 minutes behind, whatever it is, so that I can plan accordingly and that I can decide what I want to do with my time. Because when you don't let me know and you just let me show up at my appointment at the scheduled time, you are taking control of my schedule. You are dictating what I should be doing with my time or should not be. And that's not fair. I am an adult and I am perfectly capable of deciding how I would like to spend my time. And being sitting in a waiting room somewhere is not how. I am a very productive person. I am very efficient. If I knew, for example, I was going to be, they were running 20 minutes behind or 30 minutes behind, maybe I would have brought my laptop. Maybe I would have brought another a piece of equipment or something that I was writing or a book that I needed to read for something. So please trust that your customers know how they want to use their time. Don't leave them sitting. And when you know you're starting out in the morning, 20 minutes behind, 30 minutes behind, 40 minutes behind or whatever, you darn well know that that's going to continue throughout the day. So just be transparent and be upfront. So what happened with me with the dentist I went in for my appointment, which I had scheduled six months before. I get an eight o'clock in the morning appointment because that is their first appointment that they have open for cleaning teeth. I went in there, my scheduled time, I was there a few minutes ahead of time, as always, because I don't want to take their time away of the appointment by me having to check in and do all of it. It's respect. Time management is respect on both sides, right? I can't expect to be treated properly and to be have prompt attention if I'm rolling in there at the last second. So I checked in, I sat, I waited, I waited, I waited. And it was 25 minutes, I think, after my time. So when they called me back to sit in the chair, the first thing I asked the hygienist was, did the first appointment change in the morning? And she said, no, why do you ask? And I said, well, I was under the impression that I was the first appointment, but obviously that's not the case because I'm getting brought in almost 25 minutes late. And my hygienist, who does wonderful work, I love her, she does great work, started to talk to me about, they had a new patient exam before me and that person came in late and so that caused them to be late for me. So what do you think went through my mind? probably the same thing that is going through your mind. That's not my problem, one. Two, you are now deciding that that person's time is more valuable than my time. So I guess the assumption went with Kim's been coming here for years. She's faithful. She comes twice a year. It's okay if she's late. We don't want to tell a new patient that they came 20 minutes late so they can't get service or they won't get the full exam 
because they were late. So they pushed that lateness onto me because I've been a longtime customer and I'm sure they thought I would get over it. So let's let that rest there for a minute, right? It's kind of similar to, I think, your cable bill or your cell phone or any of those other offers that we see where if you are existing long-term customer, you don't get anything. But if you switch over to them, you'll get a free phone or six months of HBO or whatever it is. And I think we've all been there where we've called and said, well, what about me? We don't have any specials for existing customers. We have them for the new. So I really felt offended knowing that the hygienist in the office knows how important my schedule is. They know I have commitments throughout the day. They know I'm diligent with scheduling ahead of time. I'm always there early so that I am prepared and waiting for them and ready when it's my time. And then they just disregarded all of that. So again, don't want to beat a dead horse here, but I am an adult and I am perfectly capable of deciding what I want to do with my time and sitting in a waiting room for something that I had pre-scheduled for six months was not one of the ways that I wanted to do that. And this doesn't have anything to do with the service that I got because my hygienist is fantastic. I love her. Probably the best one I've ever had. But when I weigh that out with, am I going to be late every time and having to sit and they don't call me and say, listen, we're 25 minutes behind because this other person came in late. Do you want to come in a little bit later or to give me any options or choices? That's not worth it to me. And I'm going to have to find somebody else because my time, like all of your time, is very important. You schedule things for a reason. So there's that. The next thing about the visit was when I was leaving and wanted to schedule my appointment for six months from now, they're like, oh, we can't do that. We're so far booked out. So the soonest I could get an appointment was seven months. I have been scheduling my teeth cleaning for six months, every six months for, again, as I mentioned, as long as I can remember. So now having them put me on a seventh month schedule did not appeal to me. And especially the fact of how many years have you all been going to the dentist and they drum into your head that every six months, every six months, every six months. And when you try to make it seven months or eight months or whatever, they have all these reasons why it has to be six months. Okay, I bought in. I believe you. It's six months. Now you're telling me because it's convenient for you that I can go seven months. What kind of message does that send to your customers when you do things like that? Dennis Snow, who was a big executive at Disney for years and has his own consulting company about service and has some very wonderful books on the topic, says that everything speaks. So what speaks to me is after that visit, even though my hygienist was great, the people that took my money were great. They don't value my time. And two, I really don't need to get my teeth cleaned every six months because they're telling me now seven. So besides the fact that I'll still do it six months and I'll find someone else that will do it every six months, they absolutely contradicted everything that they've ever said to me. So this could have turned out much differently, much better. But And I've been going there a long time and I like them, but 
that's not somewhere that I'm going to be able to continue to go to because of the inconsistencies in scheduling and even in the intervals that they're telling me is important. So that's the one situation that I wanted to share with you because I think people don't realize in the middle of when you're busy and things are going on and you feel like everything's crushing you because the phones are ringing, people are coming in, all these things are happening. You have to take a step back and look at what could the possible perception of this be? And my perception was everything's about them and I am insignificant to what's going on there, right? So there's that one. Next appointment I had was for a knee doctor. Appointment's been scheduled for three months. Again, I asked for the earliest appointment I can, or how do I ensure that I get seen as soon as my time is? They instructed me to do either eight o'clock in the morning, because that's the first one of the day, or one o'clock, because it's the first one after lunch. Because of the date that they offered me, the one o'clock one was a better choice for me and what was going on in my day. So I got there like probably quarter to one, because again, I try to really be respectful about time. Sat, checked in, sat in the waiting room, one o'clock came, 105 came, 110 came, 115 came. I'm looking at my watch, I'm looking at my watch, I'm looking at my watch. 118, I get called in. So the the physician's assistant, or I don't know what her title was, I'm assuming it was that, checked me in and you know, in the office, not at the front counter. While she was doing that, I asked her, did I misunderstand something? I was told that one o'clock is the first appointment after lunch, and that's the best time to schedule because when you do that, you're the first appointment. She said, oh, yeah, but he'll be really quick when he gets into you. Well, okay, I wasn't looking for him to be really quick when he came in to see me because you made me wait 18 minutes. So I think in her head... She was saying, don't worry, we'll have you out of here in a jiffy. I wasn't looking to be treated by my physician physician in a jiffy. I was looking to be treated when I was scheduled. Or give me other options. Or tell me, this. listen, there isn't a time that we can give you that you're going to be guaranteed on time. So we usually run 15 minutes or 20 minutes ahead. So, I mean, behind. So plan accordingly. Bring something to do. So I had my exam for my knee, took care of what I need to do. The doctor left. I went to schedule my next follow-up appointment. I asked at the counter, could I please make sure I have the first one after lunch or in the morning, what's better? And the receptionist was very rude and told me that, They have a template they follow from the doctor, and it is what it is. And if I don't like it, I need to take it up with him. It's like, wow, okay, so we don't really care about customer service here. We don't want to help out the customer. We are obviously very annoyed at our job. We look to be overworked, very stressed out. And so that's not my fault either, because you're short there or there's not proper staffing or anything else not my problem. Not my problem. And uh, that's for you to figure out. And everything speaks. So at least put on a happy face. The part that I didn't tell you is when I was waiting to make my appointment, 
the they were all chatting behind the window and they were talking about one of the gals had to drive to a nearby town and they had to go at 5:30 that night and she was going to hit a lot of traffic and so they were all chiming in about where she was going and how long they thought and that they thought some thought she should leave a little earlier some thought she should leave a little later and so on and so forth so i got to hear while i am waiting to schedule my appointment after already being uh, taken in 18 minutes late, a whole travel itinerary for what one of the gals was doing that evening. So again, everything speaks. And in my mind, because what I do for a living, I thought to myself, self, if they're that overworked and understaffed, probably not the best use of their time to take time out of the day to everybody stop production, to all weigh in on this girl's 20-minute drive that she had tonight. So I wasn't rude. I wasn't whatever. I said, thank you. I will take it up with the doctor, and uh, I will do that when I see him next. So the other piece for that same doctor's office, it is an orthopedic uh, specialist. So it's like advanced orthopedic specialist, I think, is actually the name for it. When you walk in there, there's a lot of people that are in wheelchairs and walkers and canes, and you can see all that. They're they're not in the best, maybe bone health. I don't know what the proper word is, but they're, they have difficulty walking and standing, many of the people that were in there. So when you walk in the, to the front door, through the front door to check in, it is a very tall counter with windows that you walk up to. So I would say at least four and a half, five feet high was the counter. And then there's glass and then you stand there and wait, which I had to stand there and wait uh, quite a while when I was initially checking in and why I go more, you know, 15 minutes early, because sometimes it takes a while to check in and I don't want to hold anybody up. I waited, I waited, I waited. Finally, somebody whipped open the window, asked, you know, what did I want? And I explained to them I had an appointment and I was checking in. And I have never seen anywhere where there's not like you can write your name in and say that you're there for something that simple. So when I was sitting down waiting for my 18 minutes, there was a gentleman walked up to check in with a cane. And you could see it was very unsteady on his feet, very unsteady. And... He was standing at that counter for quite a bit, waiting for somebody to open the window and help him. And you could see his leg wobbling. You could see his hand wobbling with a cane. And he was trying to lean up kind of against the wall a little bit because the counter is up very high and grab a little piece of the counter. And you could see it was physically taxing on him to do that. So when the gal finally opened the window, and said, you know, what can I help you with or what do you want or something was not very friendly. He said he wanted to check in and he said, you know, this is an orthopedic doctors. These are orthopedic doctors. And so there's a lot of us in here that have trouble with our legs, our feet, our ankles, our knees. And he went into this whole list and he said, you know, it would be really helpful if you had a clipboard or something that somebody could sign in and say they're there and then take a seat and not have to worry about trying to keep their balance. And the gal said, that would be nice, but that's not the system here, unfortunately. And 
that was it. And so the gentleman said, well, clearly that's not the system here, but, you know, maybe it should be. And she's like, yeah, that's not what we do here. And I thought to myself again, thank goodness I don't have any problem standing and I don't have any major issues with anything that keeps me unstable or unsteady or anything. But if I did, that would really upset me. So I know this is probably just sounds like I've been complaining to you for uh, 20 minutes or so here, but that's not my intent. I kept a great attitude. I wished everybody a wonderful day. I'll make decisions based on where I want to go going forward on that experience. And this is not the first time that something's happened. So it's not like one time this happened and I'm I'm done with it. It's There's other things that go on. But there are people that it would take one time for something to not go exactly the way they expected. And they won't return. And they won't tell you. I'm one of those that it has to really be egregious for me to tell you because my time is very important. So I will rather not say anything to a place that I'm not going to patronize again because it's not worth my time to sit on Google and write a big long review or write a letter or call the manager or do whatever. I would rather spend that time researching somewhere new and going to a place that I feel welcomed and appreciated. So you're not even going to hear from a lot of your people that are upset or don't feel like they're getting the service that they deserve. So I want to just close this out with reminding you that if you have any kind of a business, the industry you're in is to give service, you need to think about that word. And we need to go back to practicing that. And just because the great resignation is happening, because you're shorthanded, because of other things, does not give you a license to not provide service and to give the customers what they're expecting. And if you can't, be transparent. Make a phone call or a text and say, our deepest apologies, but we are off schedule for 25 minutes today or 18 minutes or whatever. You know, would you like to delay coming in for a little bit? It is not fair to just assume that people are going to come in and just be okay with under par service because you don't have the staffing. If that's the case, then you need to reduce your hours or you need to reduce the products that you are selling or providing so that you have the right amount of staffing with the correct attitude to do it. Because perception is everything. And if you want to keep return customers coming, you have to put that out there that, you know, you're, you're willing to go the extra mile. And please stop assuming that your longtime customers will understand because they've been with you for so long. There isn't anything more insulting than that. So if there isn't anything else you take away from me today is one, be transparent. If you're not going to be on schedule, give someone the decency of a call. Two, Please don't decide that you think you're a better steward of my time than I am. Three, if you do not have the staffing to provide the level of service that your customers deserve, you need to reduce the offerings that you have, reduce the schedule, or do something so that it's in balance. Because these warm bodies you're putting on, the lack of training because they are a warm body, and because you're busy and all of that, 
is going to cost you so much more money in the long run than if you did cut back on what you're offering or your hours or anything else needed. So that's all I have to say today. I hope you will be back next week. And again, this is not my intent to complain for this, but I want you to just understand from a consumer side, there's so many missed opportunities here. And in the situations I described to you, there are so many rich opportunities that they could have really flipped that around. How wonderful would it have been for the receptionist to tell the gentleman, that's a wonderful recommendation, sir, and I'll be happy to bring it to our administrative manager or to the doctors or anything just to acknowledge that. Thank you for sharing that. Instead, they were kind of snarky and said, that's not how it works here. So there's always a way that you can turn it around, that you could tweak it a little, exchange one word and smile, smile, smile. No one wants to be working with anybody that looks miserable all day. So that's all I have for today. We're going to see if this recording works or not and the video works or not and this new modality and the quality of it. And I will be back next week. Thank you so much for your time today. And as always, stay safe, make good choices and stay inspired. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can.